Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse sports talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. Our, I think this is our first repeat artist of the day, Steve. It's a good one to repeat. And for good reason, my friend. If you listen to Brent X today, win them before you can get them. Tickets to see Bruce Springsteen at the JMA Dome. You can also go to Ticketmaster.com to register for your chance to buy them when they go on sale. You have to actually buy them to get them there. You can win them before you get them on Brent Axe's show today. 4 to 6 p.m. drive. All right. Born to buy tickets, if you know what I'm saying. I tried to play songs that we didn't play last time, but I'm kind of playing my favorite Bruce Springsteen songs. Okay. All right. I'm good with that. So they might get a little deep. All right, let's uh, let's go to our guest line and bring like on our first guest today. Uh, as promised, uh, we're going to go to the uh, the play-by-play man, the voice of the Duke Blue Devils, David Shoemate, our guest on the show. David, thanks so much for coming on. How are you today? Doing great. How are y'all? Uh, we're doing well. We're doing well. So, you know, Paulie and I were talking at the top of the show, and uh, I know every game Duke plays is a big deal, but when, when Duke comes to town for Syracuse, this is usually – you know, it's uh, it's must-see TV, right? And it, it does feel like this year a little bit of the buzz is gone. No Coach K. Obviously, neither team is ranked. Uh, with that being said, though, this is a really important game for both these teams, yes? Oh, no question. I think it also speaks something to the brands and the programs that with everything you laid out, it's still on ESPN's marquee time slot at 6 o'clock on Saturday night. So there's still going to be a lot of juice that comes with it. And, and as you said, uh, from a Duke perspective, obviously riding the ship on Tuesday night, a, a win over Notre Dame after a couple losses on the road, trying to build some momentum towards the NCAA tournament. And man, with the way Syracuse is playing right now, having won three straight, you know, a couple more, and they're back in the conversation for getting to the postseason. So I think it's a, a very interesting game. And, you know, yeah, some of the storylines are different because Mike Krzyzewski is no longer here, but Jim Beheim is still there. And John Shire obviously is is an incredible coach and an incredible successor to Mike Krzyzewski. So, yeah, the storylines have changed, but the program's still what they are. It's still must-see TV, at least in my perspective. You mentioned uh, the legendary coaches there of Kay and Beheim, and you guys are going through a change now this year. How is the fan base uh, doing with the way it's going this year in year one? Because, you know, Q's fans are clamoring for, some are anyways, for, for the same change to happen at Syracuse. Yeah, I think the fans, I mean, I mean, you know, you get locked into the moment and what's going on with the team and, and how the team's performing and, and what you want them to do. And I think everyone has tre- tremendous faith in, in what John Shire is doing. Building's not the right word. It, it almost fell out of my mouth because he's kind of just kind of taken the baton from Mike Krzyzewski and, and what John Shire has done on the recruiting trail speaks for itself with, with the number one classes the last couple of years and bringing this group in. I think to some extent, you know, that, that is certainly a storyline, the handoff from Mike Krzyzewski to John Shire. But for this team, the bigger storyline has been a young team with some new pieces, even some key contributors that are graduate transfers that just hasn't been together because of injuries throughout the season, whether it be, you know, Jeremy Roach's toe or, or Derek Whitehead, a couple of different things going on, even Derek Lively in the preseason. So that is kind of, you know, it's always a, a thing when you have so many freshmen, so many new pieces, it takes a while for it to build together. But it's even backed that up a little bit further, and it's a team that's finally healthy. And the statistics kind of bear that self out because when you look at Duke's season, they're 10-1 and when they had their entire complement of players for the entire game, and that low loss was 
what happened in Charlottesville last weekend. So I think there's reasons to be optimistic. I think everyone's aware of that. But I think from a fan base standpoint, they're kind of locked in that because there was so much time to process and, and get ready for the transition. You mentioned uh, what happened in Charlottesville. We all saw what happened. I was actually watching it live on TV. I, I couldn't believe that uh, the officials decided to wave off the call at the end of regulation and, and go into overtime, and then sure enough, Virginia won it. And, you know, that's that's a big deal for Duke. I mean, that's a quad one win um, that, I mean, Again, it didn't happen with 20 seconds left. It happened at the buzzer, and you expect that Kyle Filipowski is going to be able to make at least one free throw there, and they win the game. How is Duke handling the fact that they really had their biggest win of the season ripped away from them by the officials, and the ACC said as much the next day? You know, and I thought it was impressive the way they came out against Notre Dame, who you guys know, everyone knows who follows the league, can really shoot threes. Mike Bray is a great coach, obviously spent time here at Duke, and Duke had a 14-point lead in that game, and Notre Dame did what they did, give him credit, hit some threes, and Goodwin hit some difficult shots. But Duke kind of weathered that challenge because, to your point, you might even be expecting some sort of a hangover after after feeling you know, all the emotions that went into feeling like something went against you and then the, the ACC office confirming that that was the case um, later on the same night. But it's, it's one of those things, you, you know, you, you guys hear it all the time, I'm sure, at Syracuse and, and here at Duke and different programs around the country Coaches have their, their different philosophies, whether it be, you know, next play or control what you can control. Boy, is that ever a test of that, right? Because you see something that externally affects you that you have no control over, and how do you respond to that? And I think uh, maybe the guy who responded the best to it was the man who was personally affected by it. Look, Kyle Filipowski had not had a great afternoon in Charlottesville, scoreless for the first time all year, was expecting to go to the line to have a chance to win it with the 10th or two left. That gets taken away. How does he respond? 22 against Notre Dame and, and tying his season high with nine made field goals for a freshman to me, you know, that's a big deal. So I think that was a good response game. And, and now it truly is about kind of moving on to the next thing. And the next one is, is Syracuse and they've got a really good big man themselves in, in Jesse Edwards, who came up huge against NC state and, and SU picked up its biggest win of the year uh, earlier this week. What do you make of, of this matchup between Jesse Edwards and Kyle Filipowski uh, tomorrow night? It's fascinating. I mean, I'm, I'm, and maybe what you're saying is, is interesting to me because I'm thinking of it as a Jesse Edwards, Derek Lively matchup with the top two rim protectors in the league, but two guys you can park in front of the rim and say, good luck trying to score around the basket. I think that's going to be fascinating. Uh, Filipowski, what he brings to the table is going to be part of that. Obviously, Malik Brown, from that perspective, you got the perimeter matchups with the two freshman point guards, whether it be Mintz and Proctor, although I know Roach has run the point some for the Bulldogs as well. You kind of got these two older guys and Roach and Gerard who kind of been moved off the ball of late and, and been able to score. So I just think it's fascinating to see how these two teams match up and who is going to be able to get work done around the rim. It might be a case of you have to get it done in the mid-range because if Edwards and Lively can stay out of foul trouble, no one's really been able to challenge those two around the rim. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, you know, one of the storylines that we've been looking at, and I'm curious to get your thoughts on this, the fact that Duke is just 2-6 and six away from home in conference play. Um, you, you mentioned the injuries a little bit earlier. You know, obviously one of those losses was to Virginia, which really shouldn't have been a loss. How do you explain the 2-6 and six record away from uh, Cameron in conference play? Is it injuries? Is it, you know, is it who they're playing on the road? What, what is the reason behind that record? Well, there's different flavors to it, right? I mean, there there was certainly some illnesses and some injuries factored in, but there's also been a, a common thread, 
you know, when things haven't gone well, and that's been the turnovers. I mean, when you look at Miami, NC State, even Virginia to an extent, despite what happened towards the end, the coaches will be the first ones to tell you that Duke turned it over too much. Um, so that, it, to me, is, is going to be a big thing to watch this weekend. Duke bounced back really nicely against Notre Dame, 16 assists and just eight turnovers in that game. And they take care of the basketball, share the basketball offensively against a Syracuse team, obviously, that's very adept within their zone and, and taking it away with all the steals that they can pile up. That, to me, is going to be fascinating because, yeah, there are some external circumstances, missing guys against Wake Forest due to illness, as you said, the injuries to Whitehead and Roach, but also turnovers have been the other thing that have kind of been a common theme and one thing that Duke is kind of hell-bent right now and trying to clean up this weekend. All right, you kind of alluded to it right there, but as you look at the, the keys to this game, uh, you know, what do you think this game ultimately comes down to tomorrow night? I think it comes down to, to shot making. I mean, I think when, when you look at these two teams, we talked about the rim protection. Um, we, we've talked about how good Syracuse is in their 2-3 zone. Duke, obviously, is one of the best defensive teams in the league, defending the three. They're at the top of the pack in terms of scoring defense right behind Virginia. So, I mean, you look at this and everything kind of points to it's going to be hard to score this weekend. So who's going to be able to make difficult contested shots? You know, from a Duke perspective, I think that means a guy like Dariq Whitehead could potentially be important, a really talented NBA prospect that's coming into his own, shooting the ball well from three of late. But I think it's going to come down to that because I just don't see a whole lot happening for the two teams. How the set offenses is going to be about playmakers and, and who can make a jump shot. All right, 6 o'clock tip inside the Dome uh, tomorrow night. And, uh, David, we appreciate your time. Thanks so much. Enjoy your time here in Syracuse. Have a great call, and we'll, uh, I'm sure, have you on again real soon. Appreciate it, guys. Have a good one. All right, you as well. The voice of the Duke Blue Devils, David Shoemate. You want to try something on a Friday, Steve? What's that? Want to mix it up? What do you got? What are you thinking? I don't have a prize or anything, but do we want to trust a listener to play the match game with us? Okay. Well, we'll have them make their predictions, and then they'll either like we don't we won't write them down or anything, yeah. but we'll know our answers, and we'll be like, yeah, you matched me, ding ding ding. Okay. Or no. Sure, why not? Just have a little fun, have a co-host. Have I'm, I'm all three. for having fun. I'm all for having fun. I don't know if anybody will, will call in because there's not a prize, but you get the, the award is to be on the air with Stephen Fonte. And Paulie Sibilia. Yeah, what a, an award. you could win an award with us. That's right. This could be an award-winning segment. It could be. It could be. It could go horribly wrong also. We could get an idiot on the phone. 315-437-7644 if you want to play the match game with us. Uh, time out here. We'll see if anybody calls. I know. <laughs> Back after if not, it's just going to be us <laughs> not be matching a, each other. It'll be an insult if no <laughs> one calls. Nobody wants to talk to us. We're back after this on ESPN Radio.